It's down to one big play. Hang on to your hat. Welcome to the Fake Pigskin Dynasty Podcast, where we discuss dynasty rankings, NFL rookies, and all things dynasty football. This is what we do. Featuring your hosts, Richard Jandrin, at Richard Jandrin on Twitter, and Ryan Miller, at Dynasty underscore Ryan on Twitter. Hey there, guys, and welcome to another edition of the Fake Pigskin Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Richard, and joined with me, as always, is the one and only Ryan Miller. Ryan, how are you this evening? Doing well, Richard. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. Thanks for asking. So tonight, we're actually going to cover a couple things. We're going to dive into a little bit of the news. It's very minor news. We're going to dive into some of that, but we're also going to get into our top rookie quarterbacks for this incoming draft class and analyze their potential dynasty values and give you some pro comparisons too. Everybody loves some pro comparisons. So we'll dive in. We'll start some of the start with some of the news. It's very minor. Um, so we'll start with Stevie Johnson first. He's signing a deal with the San Diego Chargers. He's going to join a wide receiving group that features Keenan Allen and Malcolm Floyd. So Ryan, joining them guys, I mean, where does Stevie Johnson really fit into the mix here? Well, I really, I really like Stevie Johnson headed to the Chargers myself. Um, Eddie Royal was headed to Chicago uh, this offseason. So Stevie Johnson fits right in as a, as a savvy outside receiver, kind of more of a veteran player. I think he's about 28 or so, somewhere in that age range. He's a little on the upper end of the scale. But um, as an outside receiver, I really like Stevie Johnson. Uh, as a guy who doesn't own a share of him, I wouldn't mind having him as like a a fringe wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, his value definitely increased um, from San Francisco. I mean, he didn't really hardly see the field there. Uh, there was a that was a train wreck of a of a team that they had last year. So um, I think his value increases in dynasty teams. But um, I'm not huge on him. But I mean, as a as a depth wide receiver, it, it definitely got a lot better than it was last year. Yeah, I mean, Stevie Johnson, he, you know, he, like you said, he didn't really see the field that much last year in San Francisco, but he's seen, he's, he's shown that he's been able to be productive under Chan Gailey when he was there in Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I think I kind of agree with you. You know, with Eddie Royal leaving, he's kind of, as, like you said, a savvy outside wide receiver. I'm not really sure where he's going to be featured in the passing game with Phillip Rivers. It, it will be interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, if he's a waiver wire guy or something like that, take a flyer on him. You never know. Uh, Eddie Royal did score quite a few touchdowns last year, so who knows if he kind of takes over that role. Uh, they're different types of receivers for sure, but you never know. So going from one wide receiver to another, uh, it's actually a guy who is leaving the AFC West where Stevie Johnson joined. That's Dwayne Bow. He's taking his talents to Cleveland. Ah, man. Uh, you know, you go from one offense where you don't even score a touchdown all season to a team that you probably won't score a touchdown on. Uh, the Cleveland Browns with the embattled quarterbacking carousel they have there. They have Manziel, who's in rehab. You got Josh McCown coming in, who was terrible with Tampa Bay. What do you think of Dwayne Bowe and Cleveland? I mean, I really, I really didn't think that there was a worse situation. Um, 
for him to be in than Kansas City, and then he signed with Cleveland. So that's kind of what I think of it right there in a nutshell. I mean, it, it got worse for Dwayne when owners thought it couldn't. Right, and I mean, you can say, Dwayne Bowe, he's probably going to see the majority of the volume because who else are they going to throw to? But at some point, that stuff kind of goes out the window. I mean, you go to the Browns. I mean, I don't even know if this guy like eclipses 1,000 yards or 900 yards this year. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but he's definitely the main guy in Cleveland. Yeah, I think he, uh, he definitely is going to see um, an interesting role. I mean, he's going to... He's going to see the majority of the targets. Believe it or not, um, Cleveland actually threw the ball more last year than Kansas City, um, who Kansas City was near the the league, uh, near the least amount of pass attempts in the league. But um, Cleveland threw the ball more. I think they were just trying to stay in games, and you know he could provide um, what fantasy owners don't mind, which is garbage time production uh, in Cleveland. But um, I, I just you know. To me, he's a he's a fringe wide receiver three, and I know you like to have a really strong wide receiver core. So for you, he's probably like a fringe wide receiver four, fringe wide receiver five. I mean, you like to have a a lot deeper wide receivers than I do. So um, I w- I would say I mean you probably don't even you probably wouldn't even roster the guy. I'm not sure. Yeah, for me, I it uh, he I probably roster him, but like you said, I keep a quite the hefty stable of wide receivers. I think on in one league I have like twelve, so it's like almost half of my roster is completely comprised of wide receivers. It's probably so deep to the point where I probably should trade some guys, but they generally get longer careers. That's why I do that. Um, so we're gonna shift gears here to a guy who uh, was signed by the Buffalo Bills. That's tight end Charles Clay, and I looked at his contract that he got from the Bills, and I'm thinking, that is way too much money for this guy. I think he got, what was it, five years, $38 million, or I think it was 20-plus million guaranteed. That's insane. I, I think so. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely agree. Um, I saw somebody tweet earlier and say it was uh, that his deal was like almost a million dollars um difference between him and Jordy Nelson I mean wow like jeez really wow that is yeah that's that's wow. crazy <laughs> I, I don't even know how this guy's going to be used in Buffalo he's I I don't see him having you know putting up monstrous stats in Buffalo um so that's that's Rex Ryan making his personnel moves which he's so famous for as we could as we could see when he was on the Jets I don't really care for it that much. I think Charles Clay is. I don't. If I had to, if I had to throw out a number there as far as his tight end dynasty rankings, it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I don't know, fifteen. Six. I was gonna say either sixteen through twenty, something like that. He's yeah. low. Uh, he's really low for sure. Yeah. I just I don't see him being that productive. Um, but some other tight ends signed today. Jacob Tammy and Tony Moyaki are going to Atlanta. They were hosting Rob Hausler, who you were hoping that they probably went with Hausler. But at that point, between Hausler, Tammy, and Moyaki, it's kind of like, you know, pick your poison there. But they settled with uh, Jacob Tammy and Tony Moyaki. And Jacob Tammy, I, I, I'm not really too big of a fan of either of these guys. Uh, Moyaki was a was a guy who came, was he was with Kansas City at the beginning of his career. He had some injury issues. Pretty athletic guy, just what I think he's just faded off into the sunset at this point. What do you think of Tammy Moyaki? 
Yeah, I think they both faded off into the sunset. I mean, um, Tammy wasn't going to get re-signed by the Broncos. And Moyaki, like you said, he was a little better earlier in his career, but it's kind of fading. I think Atlanta's really just trying to go cheap at the position right now uh, in an effort to increase their um, spending on other positions. I think they definitely need both sides of the um, both sides of the the line, the offensive and defensive line. They need some help with. So um, I think they're just trying to cheap out on tight end, and uh, which really puts a lot of dynasty value on Julio Jones. I mean, we know he's going to be a stud next year, and definitely Roddy White. I mean, don't forget about him. Don't sleep on him. He's probably going to once again be a strong wide receiver too for your dynasty team. So I mean, d don't sleep on Roddy White. And if you're an option to to buy him on the cheap for a, a win-now team. You know, Roddy White's a guy that's going to see a ton of targets next year with the exit of Harry Douglas. Yeah, and it's interesting. A team that once had Tony Gonzalez and now basically putting ads on Craigslist for their next tight end. <laughs> um, so I'm going to make this next guy real quick. Bernard Pierce, you know, DUI, gets cut by the Ravens, lands in Jacksonville that already has... Toby Gerhardt, Storm Johnson, and Denard Robinson. It's that's that's actually impressive that I knew all those guys. I'm gonna give myself <laughs> a pat on the back there. Nice. Uh, any sort of fantasy implications with Pierce? Is he kind of under the rug? Um, yeah, I, I saw the Bernard Pierce news, and um, you know, I, I don't know what value he holds in Jacksonville. I mean, they have a really crowded backfield. I really kind of just think they're stockpiling talent down there to try to see if something can emerge at running back. But I really like the way that Denard Robinson ran the ball for them last year. Um, in his limited action, he ran the ball very well. A former quarterback out of Michigan. And um, I really think he's the front runner to win the job down there. I think getting claimed off waivers by Jacksonville is about your last stop in the NFL. So uh, Bernard Pierce ruined a good opportunity that he had with the Ravens. Um, he's younger than Justin Forsett, and he still holds, um, he still held a lot of value. Uh, with Baltimore potentially being the backup. He looked okay last year, um, but, you know, getting a DUI and getting cut from a team and claimed off waivers by Jacksonville has got to be as low as it gets. Um, who do you think is going to win the job next year in Jacksonville, and what is your take on that running back situation? Yeah, I think I have to agree in Jacksonville. I think it's definitely going to be Denard Robinson. He did show that he could that he can run the ball fairly well, like you said, being a former quarterback out of Michigan. Uh, I think that it's a really crowded backfield, but I don't see – like, I mean, we saw Storm Johnson, and I wasn't too impressed with him. And Toby Gerhardt, he could still be something. Uh, Bernard Pierce could play a role, but I think overall it'll be Denard Robinson. I think it's just, like you said, stockpiling talent at that position, hoping something clicks and then they can run with it. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's um, – you, do you have any more news? Well, actually, real quick, uh, Adrian Peterson, I guess they're saying that he's not going to be released. Um, however, that does still open it up for a trade, which I think that that's probably the best situation for both the Vikings and Adrian Peterson. What do, you, do, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I actually wrote a piece um, on fakepigskin.com the other day about the trade um, and the free agents still left out there on the market. And um, I've listed Adrian Peterson and I, you know, linked it back to the podcast about how we uh, we talked about it before, and I think, you know, ultimately, I think his suitors are going to be Arizona. I think that they fit best for him. They're going to be his best opportunity to um, have another great season. 
the only problem with the Arizona argument is they're not really interested in taking on his large salary. And so that's going to be kind of an issue, but they are willing to trade a top pick. So I'm sure they'll come to some sort of agreement eventually. Um, you know, when, when there's mutual interest like that and uh, both sides want to get something done, you know, something will happen. There's no pressure to get anything done right now. But, um, you know, the Vikings do need to know which way that they're going to go at running back soon with the NFL draft approaching. So I think something will happen in the coming uh, weeks. But, yeah, it doesn't look like um, he wants to be in Minnesota, and I'm not really sure at this point that they want him in Minnesota. So um, that's going to be an interesting situation as it unfolds over the next couple of weeks. But um, well, let's get into the quarterback rankings. And, you know, I know we talked about ranking all the rookies, and um, let's see. You know, I want to I know, tell me your uh, top six quarterbacks, um, rookie quarterbacks coming into the NFL this year. Uh, my top six rookie quarterbacks coming to the NFL this year are, starting with number one, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Bryce Petty, Brett Hundley, and I'm kind of at a crossroads between number five and six, either Mannion, Sean Mannion um, out of Oklahoma State, and then Garrett Grayson. The kind of, I could flip a coin, that's where I'm at with those guys. How about you? Yeah, I agree on your uh, first and second guy, but I have a different third guy than you. Uh, I think it's different all the way down from there. I actually, after watching the tape and looking at everything, I'm, I'm, I really am kind of have a thing for Garrett Grayson. I mean, it's kind of developed. It's getting pretty serious with me and him. So uh, after that, it's Hundley, then Petty for me. He, he seems more of a system guy, and then Sean Mannion. But you know, I really liked what I saw from Grayson and. You know, we'll talk about his strengths and weaknesses later, but um, I think he's a, I think he's one of the more interesting um, quarterback prospects this year. Yeah, he definitely he definitely could be. So, but let's dive into Jameis Winston. We'll go over some of his strengths, weaknesses. We'll each offer up a pro comparison. I'll start. Uh, you know, Jameis Winston. I think it's pretty safe to say he probably has all of the quarterbacking ability that you look for in an NFL quarterback. He does have the off-the-field issues and all that stuff, which is going to be his biggest downfall. But other than that, I mean, you watch the combine. He was throwing dimes. He's he's He plays quicker than his 40-time was. Good arm, good poise. I think I just think he's the most polished, um, most polished quarterback in this draft. And what about a pro comparison? Who do you think he's most like? Uh, pro comparison, it's I think it's a pretty obvious one. That's Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they both play pretty similarly, and it's just even, you know, you just look at measurements and everything like that. They're just so similar across the board. Yeah, I've heard that one a couple times, and I agree. I mean, I think that's a, that's a really good pro comparison for him. Well, some of the things that I saw watching tape, I feel like, um, I know you said you mentioned his character concerns, and those are obviously um, off-the-tape issues kind of thing, but... Um, I think he's a little overly confident in his ability, kind of similar to Jay Cutler. I think he he feel he feels like he can do do it all, and sometimes I guess last year he felt like he had to do it all with the mass exodus of players from Florida State to the pros. Um, I think sometimes that causes him to make poor decisions where he passes to guys that are covered. Um, obviously, his character maturity issues and um, you know all that, but I think you know. Those those are just some things that I saw. As far as his strengths, I mean, he he's uh 
he can move, you know, for a big guy. Like you said, Big Ben's a pretty good comparison. Um, he's a very accurate passer. Like you said, he threw dimes uh, at the combine. I mean, that was he, he, he did awesome amount of uh, work there at the combine and really helped his draft stock. And he's definitely probably the most pro-ready quarterback in this uh, class. So, I mean, I'm impressed with him. He steps into his throws all the time. I mean, I say this because there's some quarterbacks that I'm going to hit later that don't do this. They don't always throw and step into their throws. They're throwing them off their back foot or, you know, and those cause inaccurate wobbly passes. And he's, he's usually got a pretty tight spiral on him, and he kind of steps into his throws. My pro comparison is going to be Eli Manning. I say this because Jamez has a lot of uh, football knowledge, and he's very smart about the game. He knows the game. He is. Uh, he's, he's just, I mean, he, he's very good with that. But I think he makes poor decisions at certain points in his, um, in his game, in the games. I think he, you know, and, I, and I, I see that with Eli as well. He just, you know, certain things will just slip his mind, and it's like, oh, man, Eli threw another pick because, you know, he, he made a poor snap second decision. Or I don't know if it's the same with Eli as Jay Cutler, if he just thinks he can do more than he actually can. But that's why I compare him to Eli. But um, I like Big Ben, too. I, I really like that comparison as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll stick with our number two consensus quarterback, and I think this is probably, what, 75% of people's uh, list here. That's uh, Marcus Mariota, Oregon Ducks quarterback. He's listed at 6'4", ran a 4'5", 2'40", with the combine. Obviously, the athleticism is a huge strength of him. I think he's a pretty good decision maker. Uh, you know, 40 touchdowns and three picks. I know that's, you know, mostly system-based, uh, what they do there. Um, that's where he was able to come up with all these great numbers. He has a really calm demeanor. Uh, he can actually throw from the pocket from a guy that is, um, you know, he's, he's he was in a system that's with, you know, all these bubble screens and all this other stuff. But, no, he can actually throw pretty well from the pocket. Um, so, but the, the, I guess the main... Uh, weaknesses I saw Marcus Mariota is in his accuracy on the deep and medium throws and also can he go from the spread offense to a pro style offense or is he going to be that type of guy that a coach is going to need to really uh, you know dictate his offense around his abilities yeah I think I think he he is going to have to have somebody work with him on that and they are going to have to put things in specifically designed for the things that he's he's strong at. I mean, I don't think there's any way they can get around his, you know, ob- obvious athleticism and he's obviously going to be, you know, um he's going to be some guy who's going to create outside of the pocket. Um he's going to extend plays with his legs. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think those are some some really good points. What do you see as his far as his pro comparison? Who do you compare him to? Well, obviously, you know, you're going to compare him to one of the guys that can run. And out of that group, I have to go with Colin Kaepernick. I think that they just, I think that they share a lot of the similar traits. Kaepernick was coming out of uh, Nevada. Kind of, kind of a similar type of quarterback. Um, So, yeah, I got Colin Kaepernick. How about you? Yeah, I compared him to Johnny Football without the character issues. I think that's an interesting uh, comparison because I think both of them are um are are very athletic obviously and um I, I think I think he fits that kind of a that kind of a comparison so um that was that was me but 
you know, as far as his strengths and weaknesses, I think he he needs to work on his footwork, in my opinion. Um, he kind of jumps instead of stepping. I noticed that when I watched the tape. It's like his feet are connected by by a pole that doesn't, you know, it's not a string where it goes in and out. It's more of a pole where it's it's rigid, and he kind of jumps around if you watch his tape. And um, he's going to need to learn to step. And, you know, if you jump around like that, you're gonna they're going to grab one leg and you're going to be down in the NFL. I mean, you're going to have to step and learn to put your weight um, on one leg and be able to stand up and be strong on one leg if you're getting ripped to the ground in the NFL. And then he sometimes gets sloppy um, when even the slightest pressure is applied. He, 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 really, he really looks down and it really disturbs him, gets him off his rhythm. And so I think he might be a little more of a rhythm guy as well. And then he's going to need to learn to, um, you know, kind of like RG3, he's going to need to learn to not take as many hits uh, and get out of bounds. He, he does it good when he's near the sidelines, but he doesn't get down when he's in the middle of the field. He just takes the lick. So that's not going to, you know, NFL teams are not going to like seeing that. And then, like you said, he worked from the shotgun, so he never really had to learn the pro-style system. So that's going to be interesting transition for him. But, um you know, those are those are really what I see as far as his weaknesses. Now, his strengths are obvious that he's accurate. Um, he has very good strength on short to intermediate passes. He's really good at throwing on the run. He makes he makes good decisions when he he's not you know got somebody breathing down his neck. I mean, if he can just stand in the pocket and doesn't get a lot of pressure, he's really a good decision maker. Um, so he, he's he's a he's very smart. You know, I mean, he's kind of like Peyton Manning in the sense that. Um, He'll check down, and he'll take that check down, and he'll kind of, you know, a thousand cuts, and he'll kill you. So um, he's he's very good. I mean, he's a winner. So, I mean, there's a lot of good qualities to like about him. Obviously, his athleticism. Um, but, yeah, those are just some things that I saw with Marcus. And, you know, I think in the right on the right team, in the right scheme, he could be good in the NFL. Um, I think everybody would love to see him go to Philadelphia. But, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. But, you know, I think if he goes to Philadelphia, I'm going to put him close to Winston as far as value. Um, you know, that's going to be a very, very close one for me. But um, if, if it goes kind of how we're thinking it goes, and he got, Winston goes to Tampa Bay, and Marcus maybe goes somewhere else like Tennessee or New York or someplace like that, then I don't even have him close. Winston's a mile ahead just because of the weapons he has there and his pro-ready um, abilities. What about you? Yeah, I agree. It's with Marcus. I think it's going to depend on what team he lands on. Obviously, if he goes to Philadelphia, that's definitely intriguing. Um, if he goes to the Jets, I don't really see that working. Only because I don't know. You know, Chan Gailey. He's used to working with guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and stuff like that. So I don't know how he's really going to work with a guy like Marcus Mariota. He does have decent weapons there in New York. Uh, if he does land there, but yeah, I think unless he goes to Philadelphia, Jameis is like he's the number one consensus across everybody's dynasty rookie quarterback board, and it's it shouldn't be that close in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. What about um, what about where would you take him if you're a quarterback needy team? He goes to Tampa Bay. Where would you take him in a rookie draft? Jameis Winston. Uh, I would take him. Probably anywhere from 1.09 to the end to 1.09 and on. That's probably where I'd go. I think I would go a little bit higher than that myself. 
just because I see potential for a guy to be my starter for the next 10 years. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the same ballpark that I'm in. But uh, I, I see a little more, a uh, little maybe, you know, 1.06, something like that. I'm talking a quarterback needy team. This is not like he's an extra piece on your squad. But um, everyone has differing opinions. And, you know, I, I sometimes, like last year, I saw Teddy Bridgewater drafted, I think, second or third overall in a rookie draft. And I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's mind-boggling to me. But um, So I'm not going to take Jamez up there. Um, just because of the chance that he's going to be an Andrew Luck is just so slim. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, later half of the first round is probably where most people are going to be with him. But if you need a quarterback, I would definitely, I mean, I would definitely find a way to trade into a pick where you can acquire Jamez or trade for him after the after the draft and somebody's drafted him. I would definitely try to get on his bandwagon because I think he could, I mean, he has definitely the most potential to be, um, an NFL talent for the next 10 years. Well, let's talk about our number three guys. You want to go with your number three guy first, and then we'll hit mine? Sure. We can go with my number three guy. My number three guy is uh, Bryce Petty, the quarterback out of Baylor. Uh, You know, he was a top combine uh, performer in a lot of different categories. I think it's pretty evident, you know, when you watch Bryce Petty. He's a big, strong guy. He's got – he doesn't have, you know, a, a huge arm. Uh, but he has a good enough arm, um, you know, for the NFL. He's really poised under pressure. He's a really intelligent guy, really high football IQ. Um, he he does a decent deep ball. You know, there's a lot of things to like about Bryce Petty, but the things that obviously stand out are his injuries. I think that that back injury last year, um, the transverse process, I think that that was a bigger deal than what it was. I think that he sh- kind of struggled with that all season after that happened. Um, he plays in a in a system that doesn't really produce the most, the, like the best NFL caliber players down there in Baylor. It's more of a one read system, uh, and his stats dramatically decline from the season prior. Um, I think he definitely is going to be a project quarterback. I think he probably needs a good one to three years before he can really be an NFL uh, caliber quarterback. And I compare him to Drew Stanton uh, out of Arizona. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison. My comparison was actually Austin Davis. Um, I think that's a that's a pretty good comparison as well. But yeah, I like Bryce Petty. Um, I think I agree with what you said about the back injury. Um, I think it definitely it, it definitely a factor was a factor all season, and um, he just wasn't he definitely wasn't the same guy. I mean, um, but you know, Petty does does have good size. Um, he has good leadership and intangibles. Those are things that can't be taught. Absolutely. Um, so, so those are huge for an NFL team. You know, they love locker room guys, and he could make a career out of being a backup in the NFL. Not limiting his starter ability, but um, I think he could make a very good career out of being a, a backup in the NFL as well. So um, I think he's a smart guy. He can learn. So um, I, I'm not going to limit him to that one uh, read system, even though that's what he came out of, because you know from what I've read and everything that I've seen on the guy, he's very smart. So, um, but he does have some weaknesses. He needs some progression work. Um, he needs to learn to make plays outside of the pocket and, and do some extra things that he can do. Um, the back injury did hold him back a lot. That was one of the notes that I had. But um, and and you know the system that he came from. So, I mean, I see Petty as a 
as a very good project, and uh, I agree with your ranking of him as number three. I think uh, I think he's good. I think he has a lot of ability, and um, you know, be interesting to see where he goes and when he goes. And uh, like I said, the intangibles and the the locker room uh, stuff that you know most people don't talk about. I think that's that's something that he's really got going in his favor. I definitely agree. I, I didn't actually touch on his intangibles, but this guy is a winner, and he possesses all the intangibles that you do look for in your in an NFL quarterback. Uh, let's jump to a guy. You pick a guy. Let's go with my guy, Garrett Grayson. I want to talk about him. Okay, let's you start. You kick us off. He's your guy. Let's start with Garrett Grayson. All right. Well, um, some of the strengths I saw from Grayson, I didn't have him ranked as high as I did um, until I started watching tape on him. There's not a ton of tape out there on him, but there's enough to get get a good feel for who he is and what he does. Um, so, you know, as far as he goes, I, I, I watched an interview about him. You know, that was talking about stuff dating back to his high school days. Um, he was a winner in high school. Um, he was he was a winner at Colorado State. I think he's a very uh, talented prospect. I think he has a lot of ability. And um, some of the strengths I have down are he uses his lower body well. Um, when he's throwing, he, he really, you know, cranks it and puts some, puts some good pace on the ball. But he also has really good touch and accuracy. I think this guy can, can make all the throws. Um, so I, I really like his, his arm. I mean, I just think he's a great, a great passer. Um, he has good size, and he had put up some pretty good production in college. Out of high school, he was actually a dual-threat quarterback, so he had to learn to be a pocket passer, which actually seems to be more of his strength now. So uh, it's interesting how that kind of changed for him, but um, I think that, that, you know, he's still mobile, you know, w- with that being said. So, um, and then also, he's a tough guy. He's very confident in his ability, and he knows a lot about mechanics. Uh, they were asking him who he idolized, and obviously, you know, he, he idolized everybody's um, quarterback that they should idolize, Peyton Manning. You know, they said when uh, when he would see Peyton on TV and he would make a move and, you know, make a pass or something, that he would actually go out to the backyard and try to emulate what Peyton just did. And so I think that was very interesting. Um, but he's definitely a student of the game, and you can tell that uh, just talking to him and just seeing uh, seeing him play. He definitely knows a lot about the game. Now, he doesn't uh, – he's not all great and wonderful. He has some weaknesses – um, one of his weaknesses is going to be his his average arm talent that hasn't uh, stopped some quarterbacks from being very good in the NFL. But um, he does have average arm talent. It's not he doesn't have a cannon like a guy like Joe Flacco does or Colin Kaepernick. Those guys have just massive cannons. He doesn't have a cannon for an arm. Um, it's just kind of average as far as his velocity that he can put on the ball. Um, he does have a little bit of a hitch in his throwing motion. It's kind of a little slower, um, and then some of his uh, some of his decision making hasn't hasn't always been there. Um, he lacks the ability to extend the play, um, you know, so he doesn't really do much after the play. He'll just throw it away, and then um, he's not really as mobile as you would like for a guy who who was once a dual threat quarterback. Um, I think he's lost more of that that running. Um, in, out of his game, but you know my pro comparison for him is kind of Landry Jones. Um, I think he's going to be a really good NFL project. I mean, I really like him. Um, I think any team that takes him is going to be lucky, and I think probably someone's going to even move up to take him. 
because um, they're afraid somebody else might grab him. I think he's going to be interesting to see where he lands. What about you, Rich? Yeah, I think, you know, you kind of touched on pretty much everything that I saw. He doesn't have a cannon, but he can really throw deep and accurately. I noticed that, which is awesome. It's a, that's a really good thing to see from a from a prospect is the the ability to throw the ball deep, but also accurately. Uh, he can re- he really attacks almost any kind of coverage, which is nice to see. He's not afraid to attack, you know, the press man coverages, uh, and he kind of throws the ball always in a catchable position for his receiver. He's a tough guy. He has good poise in the pocket, which is really what I noticed. But you touched on a lot of the weaknesses that I noticed too. The slower release, he has some inconsistent decision making, um, and I think that a lot of that is comes from his his um, him his ability to attack any kind of coverages. I think uh, his his what is not a fear of attacking all those coverages is what can cause the inconsistent decision making. He definitely isn't the most mobile guy I've ever seen. And he really cannot extend plays, which is a really big downfall because in today's game, you really want to see a guy who can extend plays outside of the pocket. Um, but one thing I did notice, too, is that he's, he does, he's inconsistent on his short throws into smaller windows. Um, again, he's not afraid to throw in any kind of coverage, so I think that that's a product of that as well. But, yeah, I think Garrett Grayson's going to be a guy. It depends on where he lands. Um, but he's definitely worth a day three pick, I believe. And, uh, we'll see what happens with him because he's, he's got some intriguing qualities. Yeah, he really does. I think he's, I think he's a very interesting prospect and he, he did himself well at the combine. He kind of, um, opened some eyes there. So, um, I think his, his stock has been rising ever since then. And we'll see how, how high his stock actually rises. We'll see where he goes and what team he goes to, but, um, you know, another another quarterback that I want to touch on is uh, uh, Mr. Brett Hundley. Um, I think. Oh boy. I, I think he's a. I, th- I like this guy a lot. Uh, he's so athletic. I mean, it's incredible how athletic he is. Um, he he. Let me let me just hit some of his strengths here. Good footwork. He he keeps his feet moving. Um, he has a strong arm. He's tough. Big frame. Very athletic. I mean, wow. These all these are all like making dynasty owners drool, you know, I mean, I, I, I can't say enough about how, how awesome this guy is when it comes to, um, just being a, a great athlete. Um, now he has some weaknesses, but, um, but I think his strengths are going to outweigh his weaknesses in the eyes of NFL teams, just because they're going to, they're going to say, well, we can teach this guy to, uh, stand on his front foot and throw the ball. You know, we can teach this guy to be an NFL quarterback. We can teach those things. We can teach him. And and if he can learn, you know, I don't know if, if that's kind of the question mark for Hunley with me. If he can learn, watch out because this guy has a lot of potential. But um, some of his other weaknesses are he's not near as mobile as uh, as most. But um, he doesn't seem to have the short area quickness. Um, he can run. But it's not short area running. I mean, he it has to be like a design thing, or he has to be on the run or something. But but he's not very quick in the short uh, the short field. Kind of like Marcus Mariota, he's really quick in the short area, can make you miss and that kind of stuff. Hun- Hunley's a little bigger and uh, a little more lumbersome in that respect. But um, he makes poor reads, and in 2014, more than 50% of his uh, passes were from six yards or less, and 29% were from behind the line. So I mean. That's that's kind of alarming to me that he doesn't that he didn't throw the ball down the field a lot. 
that means his his stats in my opinion were kind of padded you know he didn't really he didn't really do everything he he needed to to do or show everything he needed to show to NFL teams and then he also um he takes a lot of sacks i don't know if this was a product of maybe a bad offensive line or if he just didn't have the awareness that he needed to have a ton, but, um, a ton of sacks yeah just it was crazy to me to see all that and um but my pro comparison is Logan Thomas I liked Logan Thomas a lot last year. Um, he's still with the Arizona Cardinals. Still has some potential, um, you know, developing and and trying to trying to get better, trying to become a starter. But um, you know, that's what I think of Hundley. I don't know. W- what do you think of him, Rich? I, I I couldn't disagree with you more. I if I'm an NFL team, I'm not even going to draft Brett Hundley, and that might be harsh. But I I he has so many more weaknesses than strengths. Um, to me, when I watch it, obviously he's got a good frame. He's athletic. He's got good footwork. He's a good dual threat guy. That's all. That's all fine and dandy. But his weaknesses, just from what I notice, he struggles with reading coverages. The pot. I, I, he does. He's not really that great from the pocket. Uh, he's predicated on a play action system at UCLA. A ton of sacks. His accuracy is really questionable. And he is god-awful outside of the pocket throwing the ball at 32.6%. He's a project guy, and it's gonna, I don't know if he's ever going to start in the NFL. That's my stance on him, and I've, I don't think I've ever been that harsh on a player before. Um, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm taking a day three flyer on Brett Hundley from a lot of NFL teams. Other guys might feel differently based on his intangibles and his measurables, but I'm staying away. Yeah, I think... I think, like I said, Logan Thomas. I mean, he has all the athletic traits, but but like you said, he he lacks all the the pro quarterback traits. I mean, he he does, and and, that, and Hundley does lack in a lot of those categories. So I'm not going to disagree with you, but um, I'm salivating if he could possibly turn into um, a pro. Those are those are hard things to learn, and like you said, it would be a project for him. But um, amazingly athletic guy, and uh, you know we'll see where he goes in the draft, but. Um, but I, I like Hunley. I'm still going to like Hunley. Um, but you know, like I said, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out for him. What about Sean Mannion? I, I know he's a guy you're more higher on than Brent Hunley. I, I do. Well, real quick for Brent Hunley, I just I'm just going to throw my comparison. I compared him to Jake Locker, who just recently retired. But um, getting back to uh, Sean Mannion, yeah, I I do like him. I like taller quarterbacks. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, so obviously I have a I have a love for Joe Flacco, but Mannion's definitely not the case. Uh, he, he's 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 you know measurable, kind of similar to Flacco, but his strengths are obviously his height, which is going to create awesome field vision. He's going to be able to see over all those tall offensive linemen. I like that he played in a pro style offense with Mike Riley there in Oklahoma State, uh, not Oklahoma State, Oregon State. I apologize. And he had a lot of you know a lot of three, five, and seven foot dropbacks, which is great to see. You don't really see that too often in a, in a college football setting anymore, which that was really great to see uh, watching the tape. And he can make a lot of really solid pre-snap reads, which is another great trait. Um, his weaknesses, he he ran a 5 one four forty at the combine, I believe, and he plays like that. He's wow. so slow. <laughs> He's so slow. I know offensive linemen faster than him. Right. There there are offensive linemen that are faster. He's slow. Just just coming back from coming from out from under center, uh, handing the ball off, just moving. He's really slow. 
Uh, he holds the ball really low, too. And you can watch his tape, and he just gets the ball stripped from him often. He had 30 fumbles and 54 interceptions in his career at Oregon State. Mm. He has no mobility whatsoever. He just, just, he just can't run. I, I don't know what it is. I think he has, like, Tom Brady-esque speed. He just cannot run. Um, and he makes a lot of bad decisions when he's pressured. He, he can, anyway. Um, and But his pro comparison, I I kind of went to some uh, taller quarterbacks, and I kind of came up with Ryan Mallett and Brock Osweiler. Although Brock Osweiler is a little bit more athletic, uh, but they, they're, he kind of fits the mold of them kind of combined. If you were to fuse them together, that's kind of who Sean Mannion is. Yeah, I mean, my pro comparison was actually a taller Alex Smith, but we'll we'll get into my strengths and weaknesses, and you'll see why I think that. Um, I, I like Mannion as well. I think he has good accuracy. Um, he, he did come from a pro-style offense, like you said. I mean, he can make the drops, which is good, and... Um, he is tall, can see the whole field. I think he's like 6'6", so that's that's pretty impressive. Um, and that may be, I'm not sure. I mean, like you said before, uh, there's taller quarterbacks that can run. But um, but some of his length may be limiting to him um, as far as being more mobile. Usually um, you see shorter guys like, for example, Brandon Cooks that are the faster guys. So that may be slowing him down just a little bit. Who knows? But um, my weaknesses for Mannion, I see that he falls away. On some throws, he doesn't really lack the elite arm talent. And um, he does turn the ball over a lot. And I kind of see him as a game manager myself. I think that's kind of how they used him. And I think he makes... Yeah, that's exactly what he was. Yeah, and I think he makes poor decisions. Um, You know, I think he makes poor decisions more quickly when he's pressured than most people do. I think he feels the pressure pretty quickly. I think that internal clock... It, it's not very it's not very long for him. He feels pressured and he makes a decision. He knows something's got to happen with the ball, and that could relate to his turnovers as well. So that's kind of why I see him as a, a taller Alex Smith because he he's just a game manager, um, not an amazing arm. You know, pro pro ready. I mean, he can he can make the drops and good accuracy and all that. I mean, those are Alex Smith like qualities, but um, just a game manager. And that's you know Alex Smith to me is the uh, the elite game manager. When you say game manager uh, and you look it up in the dictionary, you're going to see a picture of Alex Smith right beside it. That's actually probably true. Um, but to, I guess to close out this to guess to close out this episode, um, is there a guy that wasn't featured on this list that you want to tell our viewers about that they could maybe go if they want if they have some time to go look some tape up? I think um, I don't know that he's going to go to the NFL as a quarterback. But with my uh, Auburn-Homer attitude, I think you should probably go watch some tape of Nick Marshall. And uh, I think he, he's possible to go in to the NFL as a cornerback. And I've heard that he might be – Yeah, as a corner. And uh, I think he might be as a um, – he, he's probably going to be like a third-string quarterback uh, slash corner playing on the defense or something. So um, – but I mean – if you have some time, just you know, flip over and watch some tape on his ability to split the offense with the run. I mean, he is incredibly fast, and that doesn't show, in my opinion, in his 40 time. Um, he, his short area quickness and his ability to change direction are incredible. I think he actually might return punts and kickoffs when he gets to the NFL just because he has blazing speed. Um, so if you have some time to 
you goofing around, you want to watch some tape, go watch Nick Marshall split some defenses with the run because in that uh, that pro-style read option offense that uh, Auburn ran last year, he definitely, uh, definitely did really well uh, outrunning people and giving them a hard time. He's got a cannon for an arm, but his accuracy is abysmal, so... Um, you it's know, abysmal. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, everyone talks about Sammy Coates and how bad his drops are, but you don't realize who was throwing to him. It'd be like if I was out there throwing to him. I mean, it. He just didn't even have a chance. You know, I mean, he's either dead on the money, or he's throwing it into the stands. I mean, that was Nick Marshall, and that was the Auburn season last year. So, I mean, what about you? Any any flyer quarterback prospects that you see? Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to stay right in your state of Alabama, and we're going to go to southern Alabama, and it's Brandon Bridge. I mean, this guy, I've watched quite a, I've watched every single tape that I can of this guy, and I'm not even going to tell you what I saw on him because I, <laughs> I want you guys to go out there and watch him because with the right, with the right team, the right offensive coordinator, he could actually be something. He's taller. He's like, I think he's around 6'5", ran a good 40", for his height, um, but I'm not even going to tell you anything about him. Go look him up. Yeah, I'm 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 writing his name right uh, right down on my pad here, and I'll I'll be on the computer watching his tape as we as we close out the show here. But um, what else you got for our viewers tonight, Rich? Uh, what else we got for our viewers tonight? I don't really think there's really too much. I think that we kind of covered everything we set out to do. Um, I will say, however, a week from today, so next Thursday's podcast, the 26th, we are going to have uh, George, and I'm going to butcher the heck out of his last name, and I apologize if he listens. We're going to have George Kritikos. Yeah, you can find him on uh, Twitter, at RotoHack um, on Twitter. And I apologize. I know I butchered your last name, George. Uh, but he's going to come on, and um, we're going to discuss some more Dynasty stuff. He's a writer over at Dynasty League Football, so he should offer a lot of great insight into some uh, Dynasty news and anything else Dynasty. Okay, awesome. That sounds good. Well, I think uh, on the next show we'll probably um, – do you want to get into wide receivers and let's get into the, the first half of what we think is a pretty interesting wide receiver class? That sounds great. I think wide receivers will really be great for – I think our viewers are probably pretty interested. There's a ton of – this is really deep wide receiver class, not as deep as last year, but that'll be great. But anyway, yeah. guys, uh, for me, I'm, I'm Richard. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Richard Janvrin. That's the last name is spelled J-A-N-V-R-I-N. You can follow Ryan here on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Ryan on Twitter. Follow the podcast at FP underscore Dynasty Pod, and make sure to check out our website, fakepigskin.com, and follow them on Twitter at fakepigskin. 